thrilled to be here. Thank you for joining me every Sunday morning at 11 here on 88.7 FM WLUW. Got an hour uninterrupted of your favorite small town kid. Go to the Loyola Phoenix, Nick Schultz. I know Sister Gene pretty well. I think he's the sports editor there. He is. He's a sports editor. Great. Yeah. Sports good, columnist, sports writer. And, uh, and there's a, there's... I'd be lying if I said I wasn't watching baseball in class. Nick Schultz, who is a, a rising star in the profession. Our guy, Nick Schultz, covers Loyola for the student newspaper there, the Loyola Phoenix. I have to keep pinching myself <laughs> and asking if this is real. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm a poor, starving college student, so I would say I was physically here, but I wouldn't say I was mentally here. Hey, good morning. Welcome into the Sunday Sports Shootout here on WLUW 88.7 FM. I'm your host, Nick Schultz, here with you until noon, taking you up to kickoff of the Bears game against the Titans. And it's going to be a big one today. Obviously, the Bears coming off another loss last week, and they've got some COVID issues as well, including one that came out last night, a couple more this morning. So going to be an interesting game today for the Bears down in Nashville against the Titans. I'll break it all down. Coming up soon, but again, we're taking you straight up to kickoff at noon. Game's on Fox today. There's a lot of Bears talk ahead. Also, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I couldn't go today without talking about Notre Dame's game last night because that was awesome. When Notre Dame beat number one Clemson 47-40 in double overtime. Oh, that was great, wasn't it? Even if you don't like Notre Dame, like you got you got to appreciate just how great that game was last night, even though it took forever to get done. I really, I didn't think we'd ever make it to the end of the game because there were so many reviews and then they had to review the reviews and it got absolutely nuts. But Notre Dame came out on top. It was a Trevor Lawrence list Clemson team, but I got to tell you Clemson, that quarterback, I'm a, I'm a butcher his name, but it's DJ Uyagalele. I think is how you pronounce it. Kid's a five-star freshman. He's no slouch. I mean, he's no Trevor Lawrence, obviously, but the kid's got game. So it's not like Notre Dame beat a really bad Clemson team last night. No, that was a great game. I want to talk all about it soon. And the NBA is back. Well, coming back. We, we found out that the NBA is set on December 22nd as a return date for the 2020-21 season. I think, it's, I think I got that right. But the NBA is coming back. We've got the draft coming up in 10 days. Yes, 10 days from right now is the NBA draft. And chatter is picking up across the league about who the Bulls could take at number four and how the top four picks are going to shake out. And there was a report in Sun Times yesterday from Joe Cowley that broke it all down really well. And I'll talk about that probably in the second half hour. We'll see how much I get to here in the first half hour or so. If you have any thoughts or want to chime in on the discussion, shoot me a tweet at Nick Schultz underscore seven. Obviously, if, as I've said, all semester now, WLUW is working remote, so we don't have access to the phone lines. But you can tweet at me, and I'll probably read the tweet on air because that's my source of interaction with the listeners because I like interacting with listeners. And It's a slower news week this week, so if you have any thoughts and want to chime in, shoot me a tweet or even a DM. My DMs are open because I'll be talking a lot about Notre Dame football, at least to start, because, again, that game last night, was nervous going in because it's the number one team in the country. And obviously, when Trevor Lawrence got COVID and 
everyone found out he wouldn't be playing. Notre Dame fans kind of breathed a sigh of relief, obviously not because he had COVID, because you don't want to, you don't wish COVID-19 on anybody. But it was a, a little bit of a sigh of relief that you weren't facing Trevor Lawrence. But then when DJ Uyghalele put on the show he did last week, he got kind of worried. Notre Dame was, I think, a five and a half point underdog yesterday to give you an idea. And they came out firing. They looked great in the first half. And then the second half came around and they looked lost. Clemson clawed its way back in it. And then uh, Ian Book led a really, really nice 92-yard drive. And Kyron Williams scored the touchdown to tie it and sent it to overtime. And that was stressful, overtime, because then Clemson got the ball first. They scored. Notre Dame then scored. Then Notre Dame scored out of the gate in the second overtime and held Clemson to secure the victory. But so many replay reviews, though. I mean, that there were so many replay reviews. I, I was excited to watch Dave Chappelle on Saturday Night Live last night because we found out who won the election. I figured SNL would have a field day with the election, and they did. But I didn't think we'd ever get there because they were reviewing every single play. And I'm all for trying to get it right. Don't get me wrong. But at, a, at some point, you have to trust your eyes. And they just reviewed everything. And I, I really thought that by the time the game ended, we'd know who won the 2024 election because it took a while to win the 2020 election. Joe Biden came out on top yesterday, and it took a few days, and I thought it'd take just as long to find out who won, Notre Dame or Clemson. But what a game. Ian Book looked great. Kyrie Williams is a beast. I mean, he had over 160 rushing yards, and Ian Book used his legs as well. He had two touchdowns passing. They looked great, and like I said, DJ Uyghalele, he doesn't look like a, he doesn't look like a freshman. If you'd have told me that kid was a freshman, I wouldn't believe you. I mean, obviously, I knew better going into it. But the kid's got game, and people need to realize that he has game. And yet, Trevor Lawrence was out. He was at the game, which I thought was weird. If he's in COVID nineteen protocol, he was at the game in South Bend. It's not like the game was at Clemson. It was in South Bend, and Trevor Lawrence was there, which I thought I thought was a little. Weird, but I don't know what all the protocols say. But you're, you're going to want to remember the name DJ Uigalele. Can you tell I'm just having a lot of fun saying his name? That kid's got game, man. I mean, he had 400 yards passing. And I want to say I saw, was it ESPN Stats and Info tweeted, that never been done against Notre Dame. The kid did it as a freshman. True freshman, not a redshirt freshman. So Clemson looked good, too, and... Notre Dame did a really good job containing Travis Etienne, which was the key going into the game. I really didn't think they were going to be able to stop him, but they did. Well, that didn't entirely stop him, but they contained him better than most teams have this year. So now how's the poll going to shake out? The AP poll coming out. I saw some votes on the social media world today that had Notre Dame being picked second, which I think is about where they should be. In this poll, obviously behind Bama. But I, I got to I gotta say, I hope this puts a little bit more respect on Ian Book's name. Because I was listening to the radio this week on my way to work, as I always do. Because I, I listen to, to, to the radio on my way to work. And I had ESPN 1000 on. And Captain Jay Hood took a call. I can't remember the guy's name. And he was just ranting about the Bears, like talking about the changes the Bears need to make, et cetera, et cetera, the usual Bears caller, like Ryan Pace needs to be fired, Matt Nagy needs to be fired, just fire everybody, blah, 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 meathead, meathead, meathead Bears. But then later, 
he brings up the solution of replacing Nick Foles with Ian Book at quarterback. And Cap and Jay Hood laughed. Like, full-on belly laughed at the idea of Ian Book with the Bears. And they, they even said, Ian Book? Nah, Ian Book? That's just what they kept saying. And I, I remember thinking in the car, I'm like, okay, he's not a bad quarterback. And I remember last year when the draft came around, I was saying I wanted the Bears to take him mid-round. Obviously, this year, you'd probably want Sam Ellinger mid-round, the kid from Texas. That's what I was going to talk about last week, but I ran out of time because I went on my rant about the Bears. But just the fact that they laughed at the, the mere suggestion of Ian Book, was that, that surprised me. And the, he went 22 with 39 for 310 yards and a touchdown last night against Clemson, the number one team in the country. Obviously, Clemson had some injuries on defense, but it, I, I wouldn't say they were decimated by injuries by any means. And he also had 14 carries for 64 yards, so he can use his legs. He's a dual threat, which, if I'm not mistaken, would fit Matt Nagy's system. But I just wanted to bring that up, that the, he got laughed at on the radio and then goes out and beats the number one team in the country. Obviously, it wasn't all him, because, I mean, like I, like I said, Kyron Williams had three touchdowns, 140 yards, rushing. So Kyron Williams played a, a major role, salute, in that game last night. But I, I would like some more respect on Ian Book here. And I, I even said going into the year, and this is just the meathead Notre Dame fan in me, but I think I also had a point when I said that he should be in talks for the Heisman. And it blows my mind that I haven't seen more Ian Book Heisman talk lately. But yeah, I mean, the kid put on a show last night. Like, put some respect on Ian Book's name. That's all I have to say. Yes, I know I, my, my dad's up here working, and he, he's working for Saturday Tradition on his breaking news shift on the other side. He's throwing out Justin Fields' name. I'm not saying he's better than Justin Fields. I'm just saying put some respect on his name here. I mean, you don't, I don't want to hear him get laughed at anymore. I want him to be considered a serious quarterback prospect. I I'm not talking number one overall pick, but I don't, I don't want to hear people laugh at him, you know? I mean, I brought up, I was talking to somebody at work about Sam Ellinger and how I want him on the Bears, and they're like, no, no, I don't want that kid. I'm like, why not? You've seen what he can do. Every time I've watched him play, he's made the big plays. And when I say made the big plays, I mean he's made the pass and thread the needle. He's used his legs to get out of trouble and get a first down. And these aren't little games either. I mean, they were, they were big games. Like, let me, I'm going to pull up the, the game log here for... Sam Ellinger in Texas. And, I mean, you, like I said, I've watched, I think I've watched three Texas games this year. And all three times, Sam Ellinger has just put on a clinic. Yeah, against Oklahoma. Obviously, Oklahoma won that game. But he looked good in that one. In the Oklahoma State game that Texas won and upset Oklahoma State, he made the big plays. That was on Halloween. So yeah, I think I think Sam Ellinger could be a good prospect as well. And I was going to talk about that last week, but then I, I got on my soapbox about the Bears and ran out of time. But back to Notre Dame. Keep an eye on the Irish. I mean, they're, 
the number two team in the country by, by my standards, I think. I know Brett McMurphy had him pick number two. I know Kirk Herbstreet has him pick number two for the AP poll. I don't know when exactly that's going to drop. But if it, if it comes out while I'm on the air, I'll be sure to let you know. I can't remember if it comes out on Sundays or Mondays. I'm used to following the AP college basketball poll just from being at Loyola. And then when they were doing well, I'd keep an eye on the poll. So I'd, tell you, I'd be able to tell you when it would come out. The football one, I just I hear it when I hear it. So I'm not sure exactly when it'll come out, but I'll be sure to let you know if anything breaks during the show. But next week, Notre Dame's got Boston College. And the week after that, they've got a North Carolina team that's coached by Mac Brown, which that's still weird to me. Am I the only one that thinks that's weird hearing Mac Brown coaching North Carolina? Because when I think Mac Brown, I think UT. I know he played at North Carolina. I know that's his alma mater. But it, I, I, am I the only one who thinks it's weird hearing that? I mean, when I think North Carolina, I don't think Mac Brown. I think of Mitchell Trubisky, which if that's any indication of what I think of with North Carolina football. But a couple big ones this week, or this week, the next couple weeks for the Fighting Irish. And it's crazy to think about, there's only four games left. Four games left on the schedule. Boston College, North Carolina, Syracuse, and Wake Forest. Now let's see. I'm gonna put my I'm gonna put my expert opinion hat on here. Let's see. Win, 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 win. That's how I see that going. I mean, none of these teams are ranked. And leading up to the ACC title game, which it's okay for this year that Notre Dame's gonna be playing in the ACC title game, but I don't want them in a conference after this year. You gotta do what you gotta do with COVID nineteen and everything. But after this year, I don't want to be talking about the ACC title game with the Notre Dame fight in Irish. But I can see four wins right here to close out the year. Again, next week, Boston College on Saturday. I'm excited, and I, I tweeted this last night. I can't remember the last time I was this excited about a Notre Dame victory. It was great. And, and like I said, if they, if they had one more review, I think Twitter was going to go berserk because everybody was waiting to watch Saturday Night Live since they – called the election yesterday morning and everyone was excited to see Saturday Night Live's response especially with Dave Chappelle on and the Foo Fighters performing like I was excited to watch it and that game just dragged out and then you got the 30 minute window for local news that they have to do so everyone kept everyone kept the TV on they're saying like yeah I'm like half listening to the local news just getting ready for Chappelle and I'll be honest I watched a little bit of SNL I was on a, a Zoom call with some friends and just didn't, I was half paying attention, so I was excited for it, but I did end up tuning out a little bit. But, wow, what a night last night in South Bend. And then, here's something else, the, the students stormed the field. I'm not sure that was the smartest move. Granted, Brian Kelly even said he figured that was going to happen, so he told his guys to just get the hell off the field, like, as soon as they can. I know he was the first one in the tunnel, and I don't think any of the players were in the, were in the, the uh, the crowd, and I do know the crowd was wearing masks, but even so, that's a, that's a large gathering right now. The pandemic is still going on. I just wanted to throw that out there. Like, I, I know that was a, a big win for sure. I mean, there's no denying that. Like, that's the biggest win Notre Dame's had in a long time. But I, that was a big crowd. I probably, yeah, I, I, was, I say I probably wouldn't. I probably would have if I was in the crowd, just 
adrenaline, everything, but looking at it from afar, uh, that looked pretty stupid. But Boston College next week for Notre Dame. I don't know where they'll be in the poll, but I'm guessing it's going to be number two behind Bama, which naturally behind Bama, but whatever. I'll be relentless on Twitter. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't, like I said, I mean, Notre Dame's been my team since I was a kid. And I, I look there, but surprisingly, they don't have a journalism program for undergrads. So that's why I looked elsewhere and ended up at Loyola, and the rest, as they say, is history. But I'll always be a uh, Notre Dame fan, and I'll be relentless this week. This is, this is great. You know what's not great? The Bears. Because <laughs> I watching that game last week, they're missed opportunities, man. That's just the best way to put it. And don't even get me started on the O-line. Actually, no, let's get started on the O-line. Because I kind of ranted about it last week. And if you missed it, go listen to the podcast. Because, I mean, I, I was just on a tear last week. I mean, it was, probably, it was probably, what, 10 minutes. I was just going crazy about the Bears. And the O-line had problems Going into last week, they had problems last week, and now they got even more problems because I'm pretty sure all five starters from the first game are out, either because of injury or because of COVID. So the O-line's still bad, but especially Cody Whitehair is out now with COVID protocols, and it was just announced today that Latavius Simmons is out because of COVID protocols. So your O-line is decimated. There, I'll, I'll use the word again, like that. It's just not going to be fun to watch today. Maybe they'll surprise us. It's a pretty low bar. And that's funny because Alex Bars is on the O-line. I cracked myself up. But they, they could surprise us. Who knows? I'm not optimistic. And I'll have my prediction later in the show. We also need to appreciate the news dump the Bears had last night. Because that was, you know, it had to have been almost 10 o'clock when they tweeted the Bears PR account, which is the official communications account of the Bears, tweeted out that Deion Bush was in COVID protocols and wouldn't be playing today. 10 o'clock on a Saturday night during the Notre Dame game and before Saturday Night Live on the day they called the election. Well done by the Bears PR team. But Deion Bush is out today, which is hurting. It's going to hurt. But yeah, the Bears have a couple COVID problems and, uh, I know Matt Nagy has said it could be worse because they could be just not wearing masks and it could spread easier. But I know he said that Cody Whitehair got it and the reason it's been pretty contained is because they've been wearing masks. But big game today, Tennessee Titans down in Nashville. I know the weather is beautiful down there. And I know they're letting some fans in. There are some guys from Chicago down there I saw. But Tennessee will not have Jadavian Clowney today. That came out this morning. And that's big, because that's a, that's a big piece of Tennessee's defense that's, that's out today. Now, they still got Derrick Henry, and they still got Ryan Tannehill, and they could easily run all over the Bears' defense. But if the Bears' offense can put something together, that could be good, especially because, again, Jadavian Clowney, with him out, that's huge. Trying to pull up the injury report for the Bears. I gotta remember which which account they tweet it from. Alright, inactives today. 
Sam Mustafer on the O-line. That's another O-line. That's one of the other O-line pieces that went down. John Jenkins, Roy Robertson Harris, Travis Gibson, and Mitchell Trubisky. I haven't had I haven't been able I haven't talked about this much. So Mitch got in for a play last week. And I remember even tweeting and saying, oh, hi, Mitch. And then he left. It's like, oh, bye, Mitch. And I'm wondering, like, you only did that for one play? Like, what are you doing that for one play for? Well, it turns out that on the one and only play that Mitchell Trubisky saw against the Saints, he hurt his right shoulder again. And he won't need surgery, but there was fear of structural damage. And... He's out today. He's going to be out for a while, I think. Matt Nagy's answer was very vague about when he found out because he, he said that Mitch didn't say anything during the game or he didn't feel anything during the game. But then it settled in la- that night, and it was just a weird answer, for, another vague answer from Matt Nagy. It's been a common theme the last couple of years since I started struggling. But no Trubisky means that if Nick Foles gets hurt today against Tennessee, your only hope is Tyler Bray, who has thrown one NFL pass. Let me say that again. Your only hope is Tyler Bray. And there are people on social media, and I've seen them, and I don't take them seriously, but you know what? I'm going to call them out here. That say, I'd rather have Tyler Bray than Nick Foles or Mitchell Trubisky. And to that, I'm just like, are you kidding me? One NFL pass. I know, I know I'm know. i not a big Nick Foles or Mitchell Trubisky fan either. I didn't like either one of them going into this year. I still think they should have just guaranteed Teddy Bridgewater the starting job and shut up about it, but th- that's another rant for another time. If Tyler Bray comes into this game today, if Nick Foles gets hurt, your third-string quarterback comes in, you're in the same conversation with the Dallas Cowboys, who are starting Ben DiNucci. To give you an idea of Ben DiNucci, I'm going to go all Gen Z here. Ben DiNucci is literally a meme. He is a punchline. It's all over TikTok. The jokes about Ben DiNucci. And they play the little, I don't even know what that music is behind him, but it's all just him getting sacked and throwing incompletions, getting intercepted. He's a punchline. Tyler Bray would be a punchline for the Chicago Bears. And I know the quarterback situation is already a joke. Tyler Bray is not the answer at all. I've heard some talk about Marcus Mariota maybe coming in. Why not? Okay, well, I'm going to leave sports for a second, and this is, this is verified? Wow. Okay, we have breaking news. From uh, the entertainment world. Alex Trebek has passed away. And that's, I've seen that. A friend of mine tweeted that from TMZ. And this is legitimate. Alex Trebek has passed away. At 80 years old. Wow. Been battling cancer. Always been in and out of treatment. 80 years old, Alex Trebek has just passed away. Wow. I mean, as an avid Jeopardy watcher, that this one hurts. 
And this just adds to the losses of this year. You think to you think to Kobe Bryant. You think to Chadwick Boseman. And so many others that I'm, I'm even having trouble thinking of right now. Just very sad news to report today. You talk about a legend. I mean, in humility and uh, wow. Yeah, this this one's going to hurt. This one's going to sting. Wow. All right, just to get back on track here, um, obviously Bears-Titans, I mean, I, wow, I can't focus. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's all you can, I'm at a loss for words. I knew he was sick. I, it, it still sucks. I mean, this year is just, Just what a loss today. All right, I'm going to get back get back on track here. I'm still going to go for another half hour. Half hour left. Um, I'll have more Bears talk later. I'm going to give you my, I'll give my prediction, and I'll talk about the spread and everything else. Because we, we did have some breaking NBA news this week. The NBA is coming back, and that's according to my guy Sham Sharania over at The Athletic. He broke this the other night. Let me pull up his tweet here. Yeah, this was November 5th. This would have been Thursday at 9.57 p.m., so that's almost 10 o'clock at night. The National Basketball Players Association has voted to tentatively approve the NBA's proposal for the 2020-21 campaign starting on December 22nd and playing a 72-game season, sources tell the Athletic and Stadium. NBA is set to tip off Christmas week. There will be basketball. And obviously they're still sorting through health and safety protocols. And they got to talk about collective bargaining. But sounds like there's going to be basketball. And I'm not sure if it'll be in a bubble or not. But December 22nd is the date. And it's just nice to feel a sense of normalcy again. Like it's, it feels normal to be talking about the start of the NBA season. Obviously not usually at Christmas. But I mean that did happen one time. The lockout year. And it, they started on Christmas Day. I remember watching it at my grandma's on Christmas with my family in the other room because I wanted to watch the NBA. And it started on Christmas that year. And yes, 72 games just to get back in the groove. Obviously, it's going to be a short layoff for like LeBron James and the Lakers and Jimmy Butler and the Heat who played in the finals just a few weeks ago. And I know that's one thing that they're sorting out. But it sounds like we're going to have basketball next month. 
We also have the NBA draft coming up in 10 days. And there are some prospects that the Bulls could take. Obviously, if you recall, the Bulls had the, they still do have the number four pick in the draft. And the top four picks are pretty much consensus about who's going to go in the top four. But it's a matter of what order are they going to fall. And as I, as I said at the beginning of the show, Joe Cowley did a full breakdown of this in yesterday's Sun-Times. And I'm going to give some insights on that and give my thoughts on what the Bulls should do. I mean, I've been think back a couple months and I've given my pick for who the Bulls should take at number four. But now that's kind of spreading around. That name's getting around more. I want to remind you, you're listening to the Sunday Sports Shootout here on WLUW 88.7 FM, broadcasting from the campus of Loyola University. In case you hadn't heard, and Jeopardy put out a tweet just a little bit ago, Alex Trebek passed away this morning, 80 years old. He's been battling pancreatic cancer. And it's just a major loss today. And, I mean, that... That came out, I first saw it probably, what, five minutes ago? And trying to go on with the show, i got to tell you, it's tough. (laughs) I mean, I'm having trouble focusing. As as I said, I mean, I grew up, I've watched Jeopardy for as long as I can remember. And and I just gutted. I mean, you, you talk about an icon. You talk about a legend. It's Alex Trebek. I was on the Scholastic Bowl team in high school. And I remember watching Jeopardy to just keep fresh on trivia for, for matches and everything. And I've, I've also done some reading of questions. And there are people, there, there are kids who actually answer with, what is, and I have to tell him, like, it's not Jeopardy. That, that doesn't tell you the impact that he had. I, I don't know what does. I mean, I can, I'll never forget playing, playing Jeopardy in school, in junior high, to study for tests. And we had to answer with what is. I mean, th- this one, it's just terrible news to hear today. And there's just really, there's no really no preparation for it. That's why, I mean, this is a raw reaction. I mean, I'm not, I'm still struggling to find the words. But Alex Trebek, 80 years old, had pancreatic cancer, passed away this morning. And again, you just think of the notable. 2020 celebrity losses. I mean, you, we've, we've lost, as I, I mentioned before, Kobe Bryant, Chadwick Boseman, lost John Lewis, civil rights icon. You lost Regis Philbin, another great in the entertainment world, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, this year. Obviously, Gianna Bryant, Kobe's daughter. Sean Connery was last week. 
Eddie Van Halen, Little Richard. Uh, you can just go on and on and on. And you just add Alex Trebek to that list. And cancer sucks. It's just that's the clean way of putting it on the radio. I mean, obviously, I've got to, I only have so many things I can say while I'm live, but cancer sucks. All right, I do want to get back to sports because I do have basketball stuff I want to talk about, but I, I just could not leave that alone. All right, let's talk NBA, an NBA draft. So, as I said, the draft's coming up November 18th, and the Bulls have a top four pick, which is huge. You know, when it happened, I, my first reaction was, holy cow, they didn't get number seven. Because it seems like they've gotten the number seven pick the last ten years. That's exaggerating, of course, but point stands. It felt like the Bulls would never be out of the seventh spot. This year, they're in the four spot with a pretty talented draft class, at least in the top four. And what's great about this draft is we can finally see, we've heard all about Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley's track record with the draft. Well, now we can see, okay, what are they going to do at number four? So it's going to depend on who's available. And... Joe Cowley at the Sun-Times, all over the Bulls beat, he did a story yesterday for Sports Saturday about what could happen. And I'm going to read a little and I'm going to break it down. So, Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, Arturis Karnaschovas, has argued that this draft is better than perceived, but there's no argument about the top four prospects. LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, and Denny Abdia are expected to go in the top four. The order is anyone's guess. Here's how each would fit with the Bulls. And Joe did a couple paragraphs breakdown, but then he had Ball the Bull, Edwards the Bull, etc. So those are the graphs I'm going to read and go from there. So we start with LaMelo Ball. Ball would instantly challenge Kobe White as a starter, but he could also change the bigger picture of this rebuild. Drafting him at number four would give the Bulls financial control over their backcourt for years, allowing Zach Levine to be a trade candidate by the end of the season with the historic 2021 free agent class set to be loaded with talent. I said from the beginning of the draft class, the draft talk, like when there was even talk of the Bulls tanking and getting the number one pick, which they still don't know how to tank because they had a coach who didn't know how to tank. LaMelo Ball would be a good fit because he's a true point. The Bulls don't have a true point guard. Kobe White is not a true point guard. I love Kobe White. I think he's ultra-talented. I think he can be a key piece going forward. He's not a true point guard. And Jim Boylan tried making him one. Well, Jim Boylan tried a lot of things. That was one of them that just didn't work. So if LaMelo Ball falls number four, that would allow Kobe to transition to a shooting guard and allow him to be more... More of a score-first mindset. So I think LaMelo Ball will be a great fit if he falls. He's got to fall first. I mean, there's no guarantee how these are going to shake out. I, I think he could be the number one pick. I think he could also be the number three pick. 
Probably not going to be number two because Golden State's got some guy named Steph Curry. And I don't think Steph's going anywhere anytime soon. So he could fall to four. We'll see. Anthony Edwards out of Georgia. He's a Georgia kid. Uh, we'll scroll down here. Edwards the Bull. Similar to drafting, similar to the drafting of Ball, grabbing Anthony Edwards could signal the end of the Zach Levine era with the Bulls. Edwards would get a year of tutoring under Levine. Then the Bulls would have the flexibility of deciding which way they want to go. I think that'd be a decent fit. I mean, obviously, as I say this as none of these four players would disappoint me. Like, I'd be happy with any one of these guys. For very different reasons. Like, if Anthony Edwards is there at number four, yes, you take him. For sure. At number four, and Arturis has even, sh- he's even said this, you're not looking for need. You're looking at the best guy available, and you go from there. So, hell yeah, if Anthony Edwards is there at four, you take him. Yeah, I remember, and Joe even writes this in here, I remember watching Georgia-Michigan State last year when he scored 33 points in the first half. Yes, if he's there at number four, take him. And yes, if I'm Zach Levine, I'm sitting there going, okay, they got the best guy available, that means my time's probably up. I like Zach Levine a lot, I really do. But if he's your number one guy, you're not gonna get you're you're not gonna win a lot. And when I say win a lot, I'm talking win championships. All right, next up, James Wiseman, seven one center out of Memphis. Now, if you recall, he was suspended because of eligibility issues with the NCAA, which don't even you don't want to get me started on the NCAA. Let's just make that clear. But because of his suspension at Memphis, there's little film on him. But Wiseman would instantly give the Bulls a true center to build around rather than forcing Wendell Carter Jr. to play a role he doesn't love. It would also allow the Bulls to have Carter and Lowry marketing push each other to see who really wants to be the power forward. I would love James Wiseman on the Bulls because then, I mean, that's exactly what Joe said. Wendell does not like being the five. He and Lowry, like, don't put them at the five. I mean, they're, they're stretch forwards. They can shoot. I, I think Wendell's working on, a, on more of a touch. But Lowry can shoot. And when Lowry kept getting put at the five by old Jimbo, that made me angry. Because neither one of those guys are a good five. Wiseman would come in, and he'd be a five. He'd be a center. And it'd be a great fit. Finally, and this is the guy I've been wanting the last couple months, and I've set, I said his name early on and you didn't hear a lot about him, now more people are talking about Denny Avdia. And this one I'll read the whole three graphs for. This is not an international mad of mystery situation, writes Joe Cowley. Word out of Golden State is that if the Warriors can't get Wiseman at number two, they could be looking to trade down in hopes of landing the versatile forward. Avdia has the size to play the four, but is athletic enough to play the three. That makes sense playmaking, and he's the perfect secondary playmaker at the NBA level. He's an inconsistent outside shooter, but has improved in that department. He has some warts defensively, but also has work to improve on that side of the ball. Landing of Dia at four is not merely a consolation prize. And then he writes up Dia the Bull. This pick makes the most sense for the Bulls from a need standpoint. In comes Evdia, out comes Otto Porter Jr. after a season in which he'll make $28 million. 
Yeah, that's a great contract. Otto Porter Jr. making $28 million. Thanks, Garpax. Thanks for that trade. I know you wanted to unload Bobby Porter's, but damn. Yes, absolutely take Denny Abdia at number four. I think that's where he's going to go. I think the top three of Ball, Edwards, Wiseman, I think they're the top three. I don't know if Abdia is going to go. I think, I personally think the Golden State talk is just a smokescreen. I think that's them trying to get other teams hesitating. I should say getting the Bulls hesitating. Like I think they, I think they, they're trying a little misdirection here. Like, oh no, we're looking at this guy. We're looking at this guy here. We want to trade down. I don't think that's legit. So, yes, I, I really like Denny Abdia. I have from the start, and even here, I mean, I even saw another. I think it was a blogger at Bleacher Nation Bulls tweeted that. He, his name is picking up more steam. And I, I think the Bulls should be all over him. So again, I, I said it before, I'll say it again. Not one of these guys would be a disappointment. I mean, you've got four very talented players. And, like Arturis said, number four is not about need. You get the best available. If the best available is Anthony Edwards and it means you've got to part ways with Zach Levine, so be it. If the best available is James Weissman and one of Wendell Carter or Lowry Markin is going to have to go to make room for the other, that's fine. If LaMelo Ball is there and you can convert Kobe White back to a shooting guard where he needs to be, perfect. As you got to remember, next year's free agent class is going to be insane. And especially with Carter Chauvis and Eversley now, you don't have you don't have Garth Foreman and John Pax in there anymore. That was one of the one of the big things with Gar and Pax was that players didn't want to play for them. They want to play for Arturis and Mark. Here is the 2021 NBA free agency class. And I want to make sure, I'm making sure this is for, this is for next year and not this year. Yes, this is for, this is for 2021-2022. Listen to these names. Chris Paul, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Blake Griffin, Paul George, Gordon Hayward, Mike Conley, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Otto Porter Jr., <laughs> Drew Holiday, Rudy Gobert, Andre Drummond, Stephen Adams, Giannis Antetokounmpo, LaMarcus Aldridge. Shall I go on? Yeah, it wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing if you have to give up Zach Levine because you have to draft or because you draft one of these guys. And I'm looking at Anthony Edwards in particular. Ten days out from the draft, I'm really not sure how this is going to shake out. 
I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, now, the last few years when the Bulls have had number seven, we've been sitting there going, okay, who's going to be available at seven? Because if the Bulls were at seven, we wouldn't be talking about any one of these guys. Frankly, I don't know who we'd be talking about. So this is great that we're talking, that this is like a positive subject now. So yeah, number four, any one of these guys is fine by me. And we're not going to get a Garpax take a chance on this guy or as long as they don't, you know, trade up and draft a kid who hasn't proved much of anything. And I'm looking at, it's a good thing Ryan Pace hasn't run on the Bulls is what I'm saying. And Daryl Horowitz, who used to host the show with me, shout out, thank you for listening, Daryl. Says uh, Denny at four, unless Ball is available. Don't want the center in today's NBA, and I don't like Edwards based on what I've read. Ball runs the team because they don't have a point. Otherwise, I would be happy with Denny, as you are saying. So thanks again for still listening, Daryl. I hope you're doing well down in Charlotte. See, I like old school basketball with the center, so that's why I'm like I wouldn't be at all disappointed with James Wiseman. And I'm, he doesn't strike me as like the quote unquote traditional center in the conversation with like. Uh, the first name that comes to mind is like Shaq or Dwight Howard, where all he does is just a big body and he can rebound and maybe make the occasional shot and just can't make a free throw to save his life. Which they're free, by the way. I feel like I haven't said that lately. Free throws are free. But anyway, I I like James Wiseman. I liked his game in college. I also like Anthony Edwards is streaky. But that comes down to consistency and if Billy Donovan wasn't the coach. I wouldn't be so sure about it, but with Billy Donovan there, I feel like he can work that out. And also, we had some Bulls coaching news this week that Mo Cheeks is coming home. How about that hire? I love that. Yeah, Mo Cheeks is coming home to be an assistant coach. So with him too, I mean, those are two solid coaches. I know uh, Donovan hired a couple more, but those are the two big guys. The, The two big names are Donovan and Cheeks. So I think they can help smooth the edges with Anthony Edwards. But no, if LaMelo Ball's there at four, absolutely take him. Yeah, you've got to deal with the baggage of his dad, but who cares? It sounds like LeVar has kind of shut up a little bit, which is nice. Thank goodness he shut up. I mean, it made for great TV when he and Stephen A. Smith went back and forth. That's one of my favorite first take moments ever is when Stephen A. just turns and goes, something is wrong with you. So yeah, you got to deal with LeVar Ball in town, but you know what? I feel like the Chicago media would just eat that up, and that'd be that'd be awesome to watch. But I, I really think Denny Abdia is going to be the pick at number four. And I mean, yeah, he's got a – his outside shot's okay. His defense is all right, but that, that can be improved. And I'll say this. He's better than Otto Porter already. But remember, Otto Porter Jr. is making 28 million bucks next year. How many games is he going to play? There's going to be, what, a 72-game season, assuming they play all of them. I'm going to set the over-under of games for Otto Porter Jr. at 30 and a half. $28 million, baby. Yes, you take Denny Abdia if he's there. The other stuff he struggles with will come. But this pick, no matter who it is, 
will point the trajectory of, are they calling it a rebuild? Is it a retool? Whatever it's called. This is, this is going to determine where the arrow is pointing. Like how high. I think if they take LaMelo Ball, the arrow is going to be pointing higher because they filled the point guard need. If it's Denny Abdia, the arrow is not pointing as high because you're essentially swapping out Otto Porter Jr., but that's still going to move the arrow up. So there's going to be a lot of spin this week and in the next week. And I'm, hope, I'm going to try to maybe book a Bulls-related guest for next week. I haven't had a guest on in a while. And that's the start of football season. And that's just because of time. But I might try to book a guest to get some insight as to what the Bulls are thinking. But we'll see. After the draft, I'm really going to try. But beforehand, I'm, I'm back and forth on what I'll do. But we'll see what tricks I have up my sleeve. Who, who knows? I got about 10 minutes left here. And I want to go back to the Bears because kickoff is in 10 minutes. And again, Bears Titans on Fox at noon. The Bears are six and a half point underdogs to Tennessee, which that number seemed low to me at first. I mean, the Bears old line is just, it's, it's beat up right now. I mean, they don't block when they're healthy. And the Titans do have Derrick Henry, who can literally run all over you. I'm not talking metaphorically. I mean, literally run all over you. So that surprised me if they were six and a half point dogs, but in thinking about it, that's about right. Here's the tweet I've been looking for. This is from Brad Biggs at the Chicago Tribune. As I reported Tuesday, the Bears O-line will likely stack up as such. They're down to two starters from the beginning of the season versus Titans. Bobby Massey, Arlington Hambright, Alex Bars, Jermaine Fady, Rashad Coward. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, man. So, yeah, it is amazing that the Bears are only six-and-a-half-point dogs today. But then when I, I started thinking about it, and I'm thinking, okay, i got to put a score on this. Six-and-a-half seemed about right. Because the Bears' defense with the bend-don't-break mentality I think they'll do their best to contain Derrick Henry. It might not be might not be perfect. They might not contain him enough. But I think Tennessee wins 20 to 13 today. So that means Tennessee would cover that spread. But that's what I, that's what I see happening because the Bears defense is I mean, Ben don't break is the is the the mantra. Yeah, they're down Dion Bush because the he's got COVID protocols. But I could see Tennessee winning twenty to thirteen today. And again, it's going to be 
an interesting game. And oh, I, I am, you have no idea how much I'm hoping and praying Nick Foles does not get hurt in this game. Because if he does, that means Tyler Bray has to come in and play because Mitchell Trubisky's hurt. <laughs> I really don't want to see Tyler Bray out on the football field. So, I, I really don't know just how this game's going to go for the Bears. But we'll see. Again, 20-13 to 13 is my prediction. It could be ugly. It could be a good game. I don't know. Remember, would you rather win ugly or lose pretty? That's what Nick Foles says. And honestly, the way they've lost lately, I'm not really sure. I'm not, I'm not really sure if they've been losing pretty or ugly. But yes, 2013 is my prediction. So yeah, quite the week in sports, and I do. And my my dad just handed me that. Uh, this is the, I think this is ESPN that's giving Notre Dame a 46 percent chance of making the college football playoff this year. Just saying, that's pretty good. Not bad for a team that had to join a conference because of COVID. And I hope they don't join a conference again. I'm making that perfectly clear. I don't want to see Notre Dame in a conference ever. But this year, I'll, I'll tolerate it. It's, it's been a weird year. But, man, that game was great last night, wasn't it? So damn good. And I know a lot of people hate Notre Dame. But you know what? you got to respect them after last night. And if this means Ian Book is on the map with NFL... Let me start that again. If this means Ian Book is on the map with NFL draft talk... And again, I'm not, I'm not talking number one overall. I'm not even talking second round. Solid mid-round pick. That's all I want with Ian Book. But yeah, next couple weeks are going to be, we're going to have some fun stuff to talk about. Obviously, as I said, the NBA draft is coming up. We now know when the NBA season is likely going to start. I mean, obviously, there's still some things that have to be ironed out. But December 22nd is the date. Again, this is barring the unforeseen. I mean, with, with COVID cases spiking again, not entirely sure what could happen in the next two weeks, let alone in the next month and a half. But you know what? There's a date. That's, that's half the battle. But we'll have NBA draft talk coming up. NFL season. We're, are we, is this the halfway point now? I think we're at the halfway point. So now we get to start talking about playoffs and whatnot. Again, Bears are. They're five and three. I think they're gonna be five and four after today. I'd be cool with six and three though. Believe me. I'd be cool with six and three. But obviously also the obviously the big news of the day and then if you're if you're if you're just tuning in to catch some music after my show or if you haven't been on social media at all, haven't watched the news, Alex Trebek passed away this morning at the age of 80 after a battle with pancreatic cancer and it just I just can't stress it enough that's just a major loss add it to the list in 2020 and I've seen tributes pouring out all over Twitter because I've got my, my Twitter up 
during the show, as I always do. But that came out probably half an hour ago that Alex Trebek passed away this morning. But yeah, Bears game today. That's, that's all there's going on in town now. Because, I mean, last week we talked about Tony LaRusso coming to the White Sox again, and there hasn't been much news there. And MLB free agency hasn't really – hasn't been much there because they're start trying to figure out, okay, what's money going to be like and everything, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, a lot of football talk, obviously, and hopefully some NBA chatter too because I'm – again, I'm just – I'm excited for the draft, and I haven't said that about the Bulls in a long time. Like, a long time since I've said that about the Bulls. And that number four pick, I mean, if, if it's Denny Abdia, I'll be, I'll be happy. I've been pulling for him for months. If it's LaMelo Ball, I'll be really, really happy. If it's Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman, give me any one of them. I'll take them. And I know a lot of Bulls fans feel the same way. And it's just nice to not have to settle at number seven. Now you can get the best guy. On the board, and I, I, I do believe it'll be Abdia. But the more I, the more chatter I'm hearing, the more I think Lamelo could fall down that far. But who knows? Who knows what Arturis Karnashovas has up his sleeve? And Bulls Twitter is going to be relentless. So I'm running, I'm running out of time for today, but I do just want to thank you again for listening. And uh, like I said, the, thank you for indulging me when I heard about Alex Trebek passing away. And I mean, a, a major impact on the world. And again, 80 years old. Cancer sucks. That's the clean version of what I can say. But hopefully, hopefully today's Bears game goes well. Again, I hope I'm wrong with this prediction. But again, I think Tennessee wins 20 to 13. I think I don't think they're going to be able to contain Derrick Henry well enough to win the game. But you never know. And I, I say again, Tyler Bray better not see the field. I hope Nick Foles stays healthy today. <laughs> so that's just the biggest thing we can hope for. Because I don't want to have the Bears in the same conversation as the Cowboys with Ben DiNucci. And hopefully the play calling improves too. Obviously that's a thing every week. Last week I thought it was better. Still room to improve. But Matt Nagy could surprise us. He's done it before. He could do it again. So I'm out of time. Thank you again. So everyone stay safe, stay healthy, wear a mask. And uh, again, rest in peace, Alex Trebek. I'll talk to you next week.